Hello and welcome to episode 31 of the Ski Instructor Podcast. My name is Dave Burrows, I'm the director and owner of Snowpro Ski School, based in a very snowy Val d'Illier here in Switzerland. This week I've got um, a really good interview that I interview um, that I recorded in early December in Verbier, and I've got, um, I took the chance to uh, to pop in and see see Toby Malik, who runs amongst well runs two ski schools in Verbier, uh, runs Performance Verbier and Powder Extreme uh, in Verbier, and um, I had a chance to have a chat with him at his house in Le Sharp, and, uh, and and you're going to hear the content of that in this first half, and we talk about the two ski schools, we talk about um, also about something that I think comes up quite a lot in Verbier with the terrain that it's got which is sort of guides versus instructors and, and where the demarcation line is between the two of those off-piste regulations in Switzerland and uh, and his own skiing history. Now this particular podcast has some of it is still accurate um, certainly but we recorded it in early December and uh, and some of the rules have, have certainly you know rules to do with corona and stuff have, have changed a lot um, since then and some of the stuff that we talked about about quarantining and, and, and the UK has certainly changed extensively um, so you'll hear that sort of later on in the episode but uh, there's a lot of good stuff in here so uh, enjoy that, uh, enjoy the first half and I will be back um, I actually got some correspondence um, for the middle bit so uh, so we'll, we'll have a look at, have a look at that uh, in the middle, uh, enjoy the first half and I'll catch you later on Welcome to the King Instructor Podcast, Toby Mallow. Thank you. How are you? Very well. Good. Yeah, considering. Considering. No, I mean, no, very well. Let's, let's be positive. Yeah. No, That's, good. Thank you for welcoming me to your home. No, pleasure. I'm glad you could be here. It's nice to do it face-to-face. It isn't. The, the face-to-face ones are, with respect to all the Skypers, the face-to-face ones are always better. Yeah. Because you've got that kind of extra. It makes me more nervous, though, as I said earlier. You don't strike me as a nervous. <laughs> <laughs> I've got to be honest. Got to be honest. For, uh, so, yeah, yeah. Um, I have been skiing here in Verbier all week. Yeah, I've seen it. I know, not skiing very well, but I haven't you know, seen you ski. I see you sort of standing up a lot, talking. It, yeah, yeah, that's my way. <laughs> we were just talking about drills, weren't we? Yeah. And my way is, my way is to. I said this to, to Mike today who I was skiing with I said my way is I'll get you to do a couple of drills if I really need to if you don't behave yourself you'll have to do some drills but I rely on my ability to explain the concept that I'm trying to do absolutely and for you to feel that within but I also really so, like the fact you use a drill as a punishment mm-hmm. rather than the drill as an incentive yeah. because I think that's a good way to do it I always find with um, certain, certain, certain clients <laughs> when you get them to turn their paws upside down and look through a window for instance yeah, yeah. did you see you doing that one? no I didn't oh. but it, they look at you as if you are literally mad yeah um, but no there are and I think you know, like we said earlier I think there's definite need for it what do used, you ask them, sparingly what do you ask them to imagine that they're looking at when they look at the, the, the mirror because <laughs> I was using uh, what was the one I was looking for earlier so the, the, so Mike who I was skiing with is sort of similar age to me so we grew up so we, we were talking about supermodels from the 80s 
or the 90s yeah. Claudia Schiffer I think was, was the one I was using the other day and uh, yeah it can be anything you can kind of phase that down according to which client's yeah. in front of you um, I mean my ex-colleague he doesn't work with me now <laughs> is this the reason up, why <laughs> came up with a I'm not gonna say, I don't think I can say it because um, it's swearing um, but yeah there's general sort of sexual innuendos in many of these things I think you have to choose that your client you your correctly client, correct, with that yeah. and tread uh, carefully no normally it's just you know look at the look at the, look at the, the mountain look through the hmm. through the window <laughs> whatever you can see <laughs> there isn't a well I, I think that's a I use that one a lot because I'm convinced and it was especially the case with client today is that he had some very funky stuff with the upper body and normally you'd work from the ski up yeah but Often, my first thing is to calm down the upper body, the movement and the, the, the funkiness in the upper body, and then that really gets the focus. But it's like remove the, the movement rather than the movement, isn't it? Mm. And I think that's quite a lot of things that are forgotten in terms of tra- teaching. Is like you don't always need to make someone do something. You could actually say, don't do that or mm. remove that from their mm. repertoire of movements in their body. And actually, it's probably a good way. I find that actually really effective, sort of taking something away rather than putting something in. Mm. Mm. There's um, definitely something to be said, you know, the, the sort of the calmness and stillness yeah. up here allows the body to, to do what it does. And in his particular case, it's very weird. You won't mind me saying this, but it was a very strange hand that stayed here and one that stayed here. And it had a, you know, immediately we put the hand from here to here. This is this is great podcast list. Yeah. Isn't it? No one can see from the hand next to the hip to yeah. kind of where it roughly yeah. where it should be. Um, had a dramatic effect on the ski, mm. absolutely. You know, to the point where we were skiing only in La Show, and then all of a sudden he's able to ski down the the, 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 the steep pitch. On. Oh, that's a nice feeling then. Yeah, he's, I mean, he's stoked today. Really, really cool. So I'm so so happy with that. I mean, how many times have you had a client that you literally after three hours go, "There's nothing I can do for you." <laughs> we're done here. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so um, down. yeah, so Verbier this week. Wednesday was a very, very busy day. It was, yeah. Uh, it's been lovely. The snow's amazing here, isn't it? Yeah. The snow's it's good so considering, good and actually they've done a really good job, as usual, to keep yeah. it keep it in good quality, and up to Mont 4, and, you know, there's not many places open, as that's why you're here. <laughs> Sorry. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll so, be gone as of yeah, tomorrow. Thanks for that, yeah. But, uh, yeah, we're just coming to use your snow yeah, before they open I, up. No, it's the, been great. I think it's been a tough beginning, but we, yeah. you know, I think they've learned from their COVID mistakes. Well, so so listener, uh, Verbier, twelfth of December. I was I was here. That was there was a big scrum to get into the lift, and that got you know the the, the usual. There was someone took a took a picture, and it ended up you know in in the press. Immediately the next day, the whole place is surrounded by like metal barriers, <laughs> yeah. organising people, arrows on the floor, usual stuff, and that's got better and better as the weeks gone along. So now it's super organised, yeah. yeah. um, and we're not going to have any of that. But I suppose the big, the big thing is obviously the school holidays start tomorrow. Yeah, no day after Saturday, yeah, yeah, yeah. and so those stations that are going to be open are going to be fairly mobbed. Yeah, I guess. And, and we're the only country in Europe that is open. We've got to count our blessings for that. Um, yeah. Yeah, you know, I don't want to say anything about it, but we're just hoping we'll, we continue. Mm-hmm. And I think, yeah, you're right. I think we'll see. We'll see. I mean, there's lots of re- requirements we've been asked to do and, and show mm-hmm. to the canton or the commune that we're following all the various guidelines. We've had to sign documents to say that we'll keep to that. So it's quite scary in terms of the the, the comeback on that. But you mm-hmm. know, it's making sure the staff, our staff, do the best thing and uh, to, to do, do follow those requirements and make sure they continue doing it to keep this place going. Otherwise, mm-hmm. if they don't, we won't. That's the biggest thing I think that I've 
I've noticed because I've like you probably been skiing since the you know, end of October yeah. and we've the thing that I've really really noticed the most is how well all of the Swiss all of the ski instructors all of the the lifties like everyone is working together yeah. to keep all of this going and open yeah it's a really it's, it's amazing actually to watch you get the odd idiot who's like walking around you know not playing by the rules because he's a, a rebel or whatever he's soon told by enough people that can yeah, just and play the game well. right you know, play the game we've been told yeah. to tell people if they are doing that to mm. say look guys sort it out otherwise mm. you know you're letting it's a bit like being at school you know the whole place will get the whole class will get yeah get uh, <laughs> get reprimanded yeah um, so whether whether you agree with it or not and not you the collective no you're right whether you agree with it or not everyone's kind of working towards a common objective which absolutely. I think I think is, is one of the best things that I've seen about about Swiss skiing this autumn I think it's really really cool Definitely. really really cool so on to the businesses that you run no yes no we're going to go there first yeah. the ski school with, in my opinion, the best name ever <laughs> of all ski schools anywhere in the world. So you run Powder Extreme. Yeah. Powder Extreme is such a good name. And Performance, but here in Verbier. How, yeah. how did those two things come, come about? about. We'll, uh, go, we'll go into your kind of skiing history back a bit better. Sure. On, but... it, it's, it is quite complicated. Um, I was working, I've been working here for, for oh, like 15 years or so. Mm-hmm. Uh, two other ski schools before this one um, and just I won't get into why I left we just I just left for a reason and um, I was in a bit of a rush to, to I had some clients and I was like I think I needed to try and find a way of skiing with these clients this season mm. um, and I wasn't a brevet I wasn't top top set so I couldn't do it myself um, so I had to find a way and I this company Powered Extreme had started I think a year before by uh, a lad called Felix and uh, and Elsa, who works with me now, and okay. um, with a view to try and move, sort of bridge a gap between sort of normal skiing and guides. Mm-hmm. Um, so using the Breve Federal, which you've got, yeah, um, um, which gives you the opportunity to ski off piece under certain restrictions. Mm-hmm. Those restrictions weren't as restrictive as they are now. <laughs> um, so yeah, so Felix had this team of I think probably about two or three, three guys, three or four guys, who were doing. Powered extreme, literally, they were going out and just yeah. hacking it out on the, on, the, on the terrain that we've got here. As you know, it's some it's of the extensive. best yeah, yeah. off-piece terrain, and no one was monopolising on it actually. Um, and I went to Felix said, "I need to sort something. Out. I need to get some way of skiing with my clients. Can I just kind of like have a bunch of guys working underneath you? We won't get in your way. We'll do the on-piece stuff. You do the off-piece mm. stuff. But we need a license. We need all the sort of back office stuff and um, all the insurances and what have you." And um, he was um, absolutely well up for it. Hmm. Um, and I think it's because he knew I had quite a lot of clients and yeah. access to operators and, and, and ski and ski companies and stuff. So I think he saw that there was a sort of long-term benefit in that um, and it obviously suited me. Yeah. But what generally happened is obviously that, that kind of off-piece market is, is still quite small and it's mm. quite niche. Um, so performance over the we called it performance a different brand if you like the one i was working with so it's mm. underneath that using their licenses um and then over the years it kind of grew quite a lot far yeah go on quite, quite a lot faster than um pad extreme did and it kind yeah. of it sort of became the parasite and the host kind of, sort of scenario <laughs> um so 
go on. It was, uh, yeah, uh, and we ended up with a team of probably about 20, and they still had a team of seven or eight. Yeah. Um, and it kind of worked, but there was obviously a little bit of conflict between who does what, and he wanted more business off me, and what yeah, yeah. so it was quite tough times, but it worked well, and um, it, there were two good brands up on on the mountain, so mm. I was happy with that. Yeah. Um, but Felix decided he wanted to to branch out and do something different, so he was going to sell, which worried me a little bit because obviously that in terms of shareholding, I don't know what was going to happen. Yeah, he was going to come in, whether I had control or whatever. Um, so I decided that we would buy those shares, merge the business, and just put it. It's still two separate brands, but basically it's underneath myself and the shareholders. So, mm-hmm. and that's where we are now, and it's it's kind of cool. It is kind. I love the brand. The guys are wicked. It's it's. It's interesting dealing with two kind of separate ski schools and one ski school. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. Um, there's, there's definite, um, there's definite challenges, but there's benefits as well for sure. Because presumably you've got to have like two separate marketing strategies, right? I mean, that's that's one of yeah. the, the. I would say, as an outsider looking in, yeah, yeah. You know, you, you they're they're marketed very differently. Massively, that's as yeah. separate as you can go. It's like it's almost like snowboarding and skiing, hmm. separate in that respect. Yeah. Um, you know, but actually, it's kind of it does itself because performance as a, as a brand, we work heavily. We work pretty much predominantly with operators. So, you know, the hotels like we mm. we work with three hotels up in Verbier now. Um, Ski Verbier, one of the biggest operators, the large, all these kind of mm. providers of so uh, providers of holidays. Yeah. We do all basically all the business comes through them. Okay. So I don't do any direct. We do very minimal direct sales. Mm-hmm. Um, whilst Powered Extreme is much more direct, much more. The brand is really what sells it. Yeah. Um, so actually, I focus much more on perform- uh, Powered Extreme in terms of marketing, and it's hard. <laughs> yeah. Really, it's very hard. And you know, it's like dealing with Google Analytics and AdWords. It's like the dark art, and I hate it, but it's got to be done. And you know, yeah. I'm learning as I go. And you know, do you do that? Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah, it is. I wouldn't say it's interesting. It's stupid. I should get someone to do it. <laughs> well, well, I say I do. It. I don't I have. Know. I have a- Antoine, who works sort of the manager, if you like, of Red yeah. Extreme. He's uh, he's he's a legend, great skier, snowboarder. T- he's one of those annoying guys, right? Yeah, yeah. Could do it all, and mm. he's particularly good at it all. Good-looking lad. He's uh, got the gift of the gap, and he does all the sort of like the, the visual stuff. So you'll yeah. see stuff on Facebook. He does some crazy. Oh, I've um, seen some of the videos. Yeah, like, like, yeah. like he's just done a, a weather report and he did Mongelay, you know. Mm. I mean, I don't think there's enough snow on it to be doing it, but he's, he makes it look like <laughs> it it's the middle of the season, do you know what yeah. I mean? And we're like, how do you do that? But he does all that sort of stuff. So, And that's really kind of the nuts and bolts of it. It's the inspiration-y side of things. Yeah. People look at that and go, oh. You have to be a bit careful not to say, you know, look at that and go, whoa, there's no way I'm doing that. Yeah. We've got to find a balance between inspiring someone to come and ski with us and do the cool stuff but not make it look like it's almost impossible to yeah. do yeah yeah and it's that, that's the hard bit it's a, I have this discussion all the time with, um, with my marketing guy is like what I think makes good content is not at all what our clients <laughs> want to see yeah, and so that's why I don't deal with marketing anymore but that's like, a ski I'm, instructor I'm in you that. Dave you see. well it is yeah yeah so what we think like looks cool yeah. you know some like decent terms or whatever the clients aren't interested in that at all they want to you know they've got their own things that, that they want to see and, and uh, that, is, that are important to them yeah. and so our, our marketing kind of is, is more focused in that in that direction and I learned long ago that marketing isn't my skill I know what I'm really good at 
which is converting inquiries into sales. Yeah. Like that's that's my thing. Yeah. It always yeah. has been ever since I worked in, in, in London. And um, and so now I've outsourced so within Snowpros, I've outsourced the marketing element of it. Yeah the back office admin element of it, which I was terrible at. Like yeah. I'm, I'm not a detail oriented no, person at all, no. uh, as a lot of us are, I think. And then uh, the accountancy side, so all the financial stuff is outsourced. And so it's just like me sitting like a sort of fat spider at the middle of this web, yeah. you know, just making sure that things are okay. And, and I completely push these things away from me. So my, my goal is to say, right, I don't want anything to do with this. Like you're, you're tasked to do this thing, do it, and call me if there's a problem. But if there's no problem, don't call me. Like, just, well, just a, leave I think it. it's, a, it's a business lesson, right? Yeah. And I think it takes a while. It took us a while. It took me a while to... And I had other shareholders as well, other partners who aren't with me anymore hmm. for various reasons. So this is my first year that I'm on my own, actually, um, as a director. And uh, it's great because I have a bit more... Did you get rid of them all? Like yes. a sort of mafia <laughs> godfather style. <laughs> They're probably all listening. <laughs> I was told not to be uh, my wife. Yeah, yeah. Don't, hey, controversial. Uh, don't, don't say the wrong thing. But it's quite hard, you know. No, I mean they. Whatever. They. So yeah, we did it. I did it all myself, and then like you, I had to outsource. So the back off the. Yeah. You've got three or four people working in the office, whatever. But I still keep. Um, marketing's difficult because I don't know how, how much money I should spend on that. Yeah, <laughs> that's the issue. I thought. Oh, that's that's my, I thought it was five, five or ten percent of your turnover. It's supposed to be the magic number. Is it? Yeah, but I don't know whether that's okay. I don't, I don't even know what I spend on it to be honest with you. But it seems to generate some stuff. So you know. yeah, but I mean, we it's 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 interesting because if you look at the the industry as a whole, there's a lot of sort of ski instructors that have become owners of ski schools and mm. yeah, um, you know, and and I was going around a little bit. I was much more like I wasn't a I wasn't a um, a, a brevet mm. top set. I was. I think I was at the one point. I was. I think just about everyone in my ski school was more qualified than me. <laughs> Which is really embarrassing. I'm at, at the same point. place. All of the guys I employ now are better skiers than me. And I'm, like, oh, oh, God, yeah, I'm not sure about that, but you know, <laughs> they are. No, yeah. they really are. So um, no, I think performance sort of did. Yeah, yeah the marketing aspect, Pad Extreme is much, much more my focus. Mm. Performance, we get, we've outsourced most of the sales to the operators, which is a good way of doing it. Mm-hmm. And actually, talking, listening to another podcast we did, I can't remember who it was, um, talking about commission and the, the pain that it is. Mm. And that's fact. We rely on it. Yeah, we're completely the opposite. Yeah, it can be very, very. It can be really useful mm. because um, the way, for example, I work with a uh, ski verbi, for instance, they will package it all for me. They'll get the agents. They'll get the groups. They'll they'll mm. sell the lessons. We'll have maybe two instructors. It's difficult now with COVID. Forget that. Yeah, like a normal yeah, time, yeah. we might have a chalet with sixteen people in it. Yeah, and they'll have three instructors with that group. It might be adults, kids, whatever. They'll sell those instructors. They'll just send me an email saying I need three instructors for a week. Mm. They've done the hard work for me. No, oh, that's brilliant. Yeah. And that way, it's just yeah. Of course, you can get a commission. You know? Yeah. Um, the office it takes five minutes to book it. Yeah. Rather than have to go through the rigmarole of direct sales, where you have to sort of sell the actual product to the person. Yeah. Um, convince them that it's worth the money. Yeah, yeah. That's the big one. Yeah. Um, you know, and as you say, Verbier, it's a different. It's a, it's a strange place in terms of what you get. It's definitely a, um, a bubble. It's a bubble, but it's a good. You know, it, it's there's it's, it's an opportunity. Oh, it certainly yeah, was sure. when we when we started. I saw it. You know, in terms of 
the cost per booking is very high. Hmm. You know, people are spending upwards of three grand per booking yeah. on an average. Yeah. Um, you don't get that in, in, in France so much. You know, it's no. much more like, you know, technical lesson, I'll do two hours here, that's it. Yeah. Um, and it's not a lie, as you've said many a times in your podcast, we do do quite a lot of lunches and, you know, it's, it's a different market. Yeah, it's yeah. nothing that I'm, you know, it's not, nothing to be particularly um, sort of guilty about in terms of the way we do it. Um, each resort has its own yeah. flavour, doesn't it? And each ski school has its own, um, I'd say, in-house style. I was talking to my colleague Max about this yesterday, so, you know, and we, there. Are, I guess there are certain ski schools who are employing people for their ability to guide wealthy people around and chat with them over lunch and know about wine menus I think and whatnot. It's, it's, in my ski school, it's not the case. We, sure. we are primarily, we're, we're there to teach and, yeah. and we have our market and that's that's what it is. But each resort is different. And Verbier and I'd say Verbier, Zermatt, same where it's like you yeah. you lump those all into the same yeah, thing. And that will be... Some Courchevel. Yeah. And, and parts of it. And there are certain, you know, it attracts a certain type of client group and, and we're not in a place that we do that. So it'd be silly for us to focus on that. No, and I get a lot of the guys who've got, who ended up with their brevets although done a lot of the basic stuff or mm. similar systems and they're all like you know can I, I want to do some sort of performance camps and I'm like well one I'm competing with the you know the marketing master that is Warren um, <laughs> yeah. and, and I can't you know the best yeah. of the world it's a tough one uh, and, and secondly there's not really a market yeah. here because we don't bring people to Verbier we deal with the people who are here mm. it's a different thing but um, I think the interesting thing is it's, it, it's actually a lot harder than people think to do that in terms of um, the guiding thing and hmm. um, the requirements of some of the clients are just ridiculous and you just have to do it you have yeah. to fulfill that you know requirement and it's not as easy as what people think I think no. I think there's a sort of illusion that we just mince around and eat steaks on stones and car for but it's yeah. which we do but <laughs> but at the same time it's uh, you know we've, yeah. got to, we've got to manage what the other guys what they want to do and the stories are endless in terms of what people have had to do to, to, to you know Fulfill it, but yeah, it is what it is. Yeah, yeah, with you. With um, I wanted to just steer back towards Powder Extreme because I'm interested in this. That there is always in Valais, I think maybe in Switzerland in general, but there's always this tension between high mountain guides mm-hmm. and guys like you know Powder Extreme guys who 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 are sort of specialising in off-piste environment. What what's that look like sort of day to day from from your I, perspective do, do you get do you get that tension or is it yeah 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 because yeah. the the definition here in switzerland is it's it's the same as it is in france it's glaciated non-glaciated it's not the same actually it's not no, okay it's it's much more specific well, it's become more specific um over the last two years i think it was they changed the guidance didn't they a couple of years ago yeah the ordinance changed last yeah. year before um and you have this uh it, you have i mean powder stream was built just to give you history so it makes it easier yeah, to understand. Yeah, Stream was sort of uh, templated off something called Extremely Canadian, which you may have heard of. No. So that's like, a, basically, uh, again, it's kind of like a, a bridging between the heli skiing and the normal skiing. Mm-hmm. These guys were going off and doing sort of backcountry stuff. Okay. And, and it was just all, that, that was that was the whole market. You won't see anyone. It's not heli skiing, but it was going off backcountry. Yeah. Um, so Felix came up with the idea of doing it here, which was totally, made total natural sense. Mm-hmm. Um, so... It is very much off-piste, and I think in the old days it was very much a case of, I have to be careful because I can't remember exactly what the law was because I wasn't dealing with it at the time. Yeah, yeah. But certainly no, no glacier, certain other things. But I think 
over the years, um, you know, the guys have seen not just our team, team but Breves in general doing mm. best just Furbier as well, pretty much. Yeah. Um, sort of doing things that they deemed as being reckless and silly or, mm-hmm. or, or not correct. So I think the the association, um, um, or so I think, again, I can't remember the name of it, in, run by the Canton, mm. uh, headed up by a guy, called, uh, the last guy was in it, it's called Piemette, and he their job was to sort of work out exactly where that, that law would go mm. you know, between the guys and, and, and us and, and the brevets. So they came up with a new way of doing it. So I think you, initially it was based on the avalanche risk. Yeah. If you remember that. So yeah. if the higher the avalanche risk, the less degrees you could... Yeah, there was descend, a matrix, wasn't there? Which yeah. is impossible. It's so hard because, you know, where, you know, one run doesn't have one... It's not just one complete, you know, no. easy gradient. It changes. Yeah. So is it you taking one part of it, the steepest part or the flattest part yeah. or, you know, whatever. So they they kicked it down the road and they decided they'd just do it on, a, on, on just a flat 40%, 40 degrees mm. descent. Um, so 40 degrees descent, 36 degrees ascent, so you can skin 36 degrees. It's, okay. it's a bizarrely arbitrary number. Yeah. Um, there is rationality behind it, and I'll explain that. <laughs> okay. um, no glaciers um, and no, you know, no full zones. That's like one of the key ones, which again is like you can't enter areas. For example, backside of Mont and Verbier, which is which is a quite classic run, isn't it? Mm-hmm. It goes around a glacier. There are non-glacial areas you can go, so you could do it without hitting a glacier, but there is a very steep entrance to it, mm. which is deemed as a no-fall zone. If you fall, you're, you're in trouble. Yeah. So that kind of stops you from doing mm. doing those sort of runs. The 36 degree up is one that I never really understood, but I think it's there are certain runs that um, uh, you won't be able to access if you know what I mean. It's just like access prevention issue. Like yeah. That. Okay. I mean, it's not necessarily um, for a safety point of view. I'll leave yeah. it at that. And you can, you can, yeah. you can divulge out of that what you will. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, so is it protectionism? Is it not? Again, I, you know, who am I to say? But mm. those are the rules. Then the rules and we have to follow them. Um, yeah, we've had, it's, we are the only ski school that I know pretty much in the outs, maybe, no, I think there's one in Valdezet that does similar to us in terms of mm. just off-piste, like fully fully focusing on off-piste coaching. Yeah. So we are totally under the microscope yeah. all the time. Couldn't imagine. And I have meetings with guys all the time. Uh, my neighbour's a guide. <laughs> you know. Uh, so, yeah, we've got to be careful. And it's hard and it's not always fair, for sure. Is it tense or are you on pretty good terms with those guys? Uh, yeah, it's, 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 it depends on the scenario. Mm. Um, we have a ski school association here, which you might have. I oh, surely do, yeah, yeah, yeah. And we have our assembly general on Friday, um, okay. and the guide is involved, and yeah, we come up in it every every time, and not always for for uh, fairly or for good reason. So mm. yeah, it is quite tense. It can be quite tense, but um, as long as we do what we're told to do and we follow the rules, I don't see the problem. No, personally, no, no. yeah. But um, you know, the the issue, it's 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 obvious. It's it's logical. It's a resort full of fantastic off-piece terrain. Sure is. There are yeah. a lot of guys come uh, based here, but a lot of guys come in from other areas, Savias, Dow, Sion, Sion yeah. area, or whatever from Nanda to come and ski here because it's the best skiing you can get. So there yeah. is a lot of a lot of um, guides who are worried potentially about you know us doing things and taking clients potentially. Yeah. But uh, it's a cycle, you know. So we we can work together to work out how to how to pass clients on and work together to make sure we you know 
we're not being pushed to do things that we should shouldn't be doing by mm. clients, for instance. He should end up going to guides. You know, we should yeah. be saying, okay, no, we can't he do that. We, well, yeah. I've got this guy who's really good, and he can he can take you. That should be the natural cycle. Um, it's just hard to get everyone to do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or at least sort of, um, you know, take on that concept, mm. and it, it, including the guys who work for me, they don't always agree with me. But, mm. You know, it's, it's the way life is. Yeah. Okay. Hmm. It's um, it's super interesting, and and like you say, everywhere you look here, you just look at the scale of the potential mm. terrain and like where you could get yourself to. It's just extraordinary. Like yeah, I could see why. It is. And it's that would. But be. it's so this is the federal laws at the top level. Mm. Um, but if you go to Andermatt, for instance, and ski there, you'll find Pete Brevet's doing things at guides that you probably shouldn't be doing. Mm. But it's just not on the radar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you won't have people looking. You know checking that sort of thing but here it's all the time people mm. checking and because it's probably what the closest most accessible yeah. extreme terrain totally yeah yeah hmm. interesting the challenge but you know yeah no but it's interesting know. like you know it's interesting that you have that problem because we it's not yeah it's the same discussion that we were having a minute ago about what your ski school kind of specializes in or what kind of your area attracts yeah we we, we do a minimal amount of kind of off-piece stuff yeah. because it just it's just not a thing where we are you know it's like family friendly so you're skiing yeah. with kids all the time that's essentially our, our role um i suppose it depends where you you plonk yourself right? it, it does and actually if i go back to when i got here and, and, and if i said i'd be dealing with this sort of stuff mm. then i probably would have yeah thought twice about the idea of it <laughs> yeah but um you know i i really believe in powdered stream as a concept like it, there is it, it does bridge a gap between you know, yeah. someone who's sort of getting to that point where they're like, oh, I just want to be able to ski that and they just don't know how to do it. Yeah. Um, but doesn't isn't necessarily ready to go with a guide who technically really, if they're just a guide and they've only got a UIDM qualification, they can't teach. They're not instructors, yeah. so they don't teach. I mean, yeah. there are a couple of guides that have both. And yeah. Fair play, they're brevets and they're mm. guides. Well, of course they can teach, but they don't, that's not, that's not really what they do. Mm. So... There is a need for someone, a company like us, to, yeah. to do that, yeah. or brevets generally. Well, I was. This is the point I was going to make to you because there is the vast majority of clients that we we come across. We as an industry are not going to be able to ski thirty-five degrees off-piste. Generally, you know, yeah. like it, that we come across. Maybe you know, you're you're when well, forty percent. Yeah, yeah. So it's, it's it's steep. Yeah, it's steeper than people think. And actually, oh, the amount true. of times we've been going out trying to find something that is 40, 40 degrees, and actually gone, I'm really happy to go and ski that. It's yeah. actually it does not. Yes, of course I will ski forty degrees, but not. It's not something that I do regularly because right. it is quite hard. Yeah. Um. So it, you know, yeah. it is a strange, strange sort of steepness that they've chosen. Mm. Um. But but. Let's be realistic. To ski forty degrees, you're probably going to have a sketchy entrance, hmm. which will write that piece that that pitch off. If that yeah. Makes sense. Okay. So that's so, where the no fall zone. That's thing where the no fall zone comes yeah. in, and and so it is a kind of a. Yes, it's a law, but there's grey bits everywhere in that. Mm. And, and like you say, do clients want to ski that? No. I mean, majority of the clients want to learn how to get off the piece into something cool. Some of the fun stuff um, and in 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 um, Verbier Savalier, for instance, yeah. the trees. It's not it's probably not even thirty degrees. Yeah. Great skiing though. Yeah. That's the stuff we we do and we want to do. Yeah. And the clients want to do. Mm. There are not that many situations when we need to do the front side of a, a, a steep mountain like Montjolais. Mm. Um, 
because clients aren't, aren't that bothered. They're just, you know, it's not some do for sure, but it's yeah. not it's not a regular occurrence. So, yeah. so really, with inside the business and, and and the need for client or the requirements for clients is actually pretty hmm. easy stuff yeah, most yeah. of the time. Okay. Um, but trying to find things with no tracks in is yeah. almost impossible. It is here. Oh goodness. Yeah. Well, this is yeah. Everything gets tracked out so quick, doesn't it? It does, yeah, and um, everyone knows everything. But the thing is, everyone does the same loop, right? So as soon as the snows, yeah, you know, they get in the in the lift and they get off and get the foodie pass and they're going to yeah. go and do creble or is it, you know, you'll literally do the same thing. And I think what we, as a company, what the Paddock Stream guys are good at is yeah. going, well, we'll go completely different. We'll go somewhere. We'll go further afield or do Savalier or somewhere where, hmm. you know, we wouldn't expect to go to for a, for a powder day. Bruzon, for instance, yeah, 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 fantastic in yeah. the trees, um, and 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 that's kind of where we. That's the beauty of having a, having someone like that with well, it because is, they're going to find local knowledge, yeah. yeah, where to go and when. Yeah, yeah. stressful, but trying to you know, mm. first thing someone wants is I want you know untracked powder. So, okay, well, okay, <laughs> okay. yeah, yeah, it's tough to find sometimes. It is sometimes. Tell me how you you washed up here in Verbier. For want of a better phrase, uh, it's not it's not a great one, but the, that that does seem to be the way that ski villages are. You know, people people arrive yeah. and often never go home. Yeah, like, the think to them like you know, think story. of them like little desert islands or whatever. But but yeah, well, what was your story to to, to, to get um, here? How did you come here? Well, yeah, again, I suppose I worked in London like yourself for quite a long oh. time. Um, what I, were you doing? I was, I was an IT, great what, fun. Were you tech? IT geek. Yeah, that's why I left because I just hated it. I was like, it wasn't the work. It's like everyone's like, oh, I'm such a geek. And I'm like, right, now I'm done with it. I'm not a geek. Um, sure you. So I, I worked, so I, went, I, went, so I took a year off, went to New Zealand, did my, I did the, some, I was never, I had no interest in being a ski instructor, that's for sure. That yeah. was never a plan. Could you already um, ski then? Yeah, I skied since I was three. Okay. Like, my parents so had the moves. skiers. Yeah. We lived in Germany, we skied in a little place called Winterberg in the middle of Germany. Uh, we did race training. Um, because my, my dad had so much time off with the army because he had these big kind of block leave mm. times we used to go to ski clubs and do um, race training and teen everywhere oh, cool. um, and uh, we did it in Verbier quite a few times yeah. um, when I was about five or six and then um, yes I had no interest in ski instructing I thought that was yeah. going to ruin my passion like everyone says don't they yeah. um, and then I went to New Zealand and someone said to me you should do a, ski, uh, a guy called Colin Tanner who you might know oh yeah, yeah okay. so he runs a, a I'd love to get an interview with, with um, yeah, yeah. New Zealand and obviously um, that is there yes that's right he, go, he works with ice doesn't he uh, I know it's oh the other no, one. one oh, oh embarrassing. sorry whoever you are sorry Colin yeah. um, <laughs> come to me um, the development centre TDC so with, um, he, with Giles yeah so, oh, okay. so he said to me mate you should do you should do an instructor course I said well why would I want to do that mm. no interest in doing that well because you can, you'll become a better skier and you're a good skier but this will, this will make you mm. a better skier and I'm like alright so I did it and I really enjoyed it and then decided i actually quite enjoyed to do, to teach it so mm. decided to go to France thinking that would be a good idea yeah. um, I knew nothing about levels law any of that business yeah. um, and so I applied for a job in Courchevel with a company called Ski Cocktail yeah you know Jean-Yves who's Jean-Yves um, and got the job with a level one New Zealand which I thought was Excellent. wicked <laughs> um, didn't know anything obviously got to got to Courchevel and someone said you know what have you got Said level one is in and said he can't teach here, and it sort of became all that. Yeah, yeah. Um, everyone got arrested 
regularly. Oh, you're one of those. Yeah, Excellent. yeah, yeah. Well, actually, it's my birthday. We were living in... Where was I living? Down the bottom, Breedle-Ban. Yeah, right? yeah. And uh, in La Pra, I had my birthday, so I organised a, a birthday party in a restaurant with the instructors, the only people I knew. Yeah. Turned up on my own and waited for about 40 minutes. I was like, where's everyone? Eventually got a phone call saying they're all in... They're down in... Bos- they're down in... <laughs> Moutier or somewhere in prison. No. Yeah, being, being, having all their statements rewritten. So oh, this was a, back I, in the wild west days. I don't know how I got I away with it, but yeah. I, had, I did run away from the gendarme once, from the course which got me using in ski boots and managed to get away. <laughs> but then that was the year that it all closed down. Yeah. Um, so I ended up just bumming, really, for the season. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I came back to do some more training one year, and then I came here to see a mate in Verbier who was an ex-military guy. Got here... Um, I think we had a quite a big night out uh-huh. and um, I thought this is fun so I'll stick around for a bit um, so I came for the weekend and I'm staying in the season I see this is uh, how it happens. and there we go that's it I haven't missed one since that was been here ever since five or six or something oh wow um, so yeah it's, and you've made your whole life here right so I've now moved here, here. Yeah, i got the kids here and mm. it's kids yeah. are in local school kids in local school doing alright yeah I love it good proper Swiss Spaniard accent yeah quite amusing I'm amazed when I hear my daughter speak French. Yeah. She sounds like a proper little local. It's, um, I'm like, where does that come from? I don't then her. She's only, she's almost four. Her French is already better than mine. I'm yeah, well, Casper's is six, he's six and his is, yeah, it's yeah. annoyingly good. But he's starting to get this really annoying American English accent. Oh, really? I don't know how to get rid of And it winds Caroline, my wife, up like you'd never believe. Where's he, where's he picking I up? don't know. He's <laughs> <laughs> just really annoying. <laughs> I can cope with the you know the local dialect. That's fine. That makes yeah. sense. He's here, you know. But English in these, yeah. Well, we'll see. We'll try and we'll kick it out of him somehow. That's interesting. Um, but yeah, no, no. We love it here. It's it's a it's 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 always somewhere you wake up too happy. You know, it's just yeah. fantastic. I would be looking um, out the window. It's, it's the same for you, isn't it? Really, just in terms of yeah, it could be. It could be worse, couldn't it? Yeah. Um, I'm. Yeah, my life is here now I've, I went actually for the naturalisation interview uh, recently I went well my wife is Swiss yeah. so I'm quite quite lucky but um, I went and uh, I went with went down to see the policeman mm-hmm. that's how they're doing it now normally the policeman comes to your house but I'm guessing in Covid times he doesn't come no, to your house not, so we didn't have to tidy up or anything like that <laughs> <laughs> I'll clean the house like you know to within an inch of his life so we went to the police, uh, police station he asked me a few things he asked me two different types of cheeses, Swiss cheeses. Asked me about William Tell and the twelve ninety one thing, and yeah. The, yeah, yeah. And it was um, there was a, it was, I wouldn't say it was extensive, but if you hadn't have prepped, you wouldn't. You got You'd it. struggle. No, I don't know. It's gone. It's been yeah, sent back yeah, to yeah, Burn yeah. now. So the, the the policeman interview is part of the part of the process. Right. And uh, yeah, well, it was I haven't all right. done it. We we were thinking of doing it, but I, I think it's. Well, squeaky bums. Trying to do that properly. I don't know how. So, they, for example, the language test is now separated. So you can go and do that as a as a standalone kind of module, if you like, of it. And you can go and do that. And I took that, and it wasn't wasn't that bad. I think if you operate a business in French, it's it's okay. It's okay. gonna be all right. Um, but yeah, there's a so it involved quite a lot of prep. You know, I learned a lot about how Switzerland functions as a country. You know, to do with the cantons and all that sort yeah, of stuff, yeah. you know, through prepping for that that interview, which was only half an hour, but you know, you have to learn everything. Yeah. So it was, it was pretty cool, pretty cool process. But I'm kind of more bought into now. I understand more. Do you about remember the it. three first cantons for the yeah, I, do, I do. Yeah. Go on, I do. 
Like the Yuri Schwitzen uh, oh, Unterwald. It'd be embarrassing if you got that wrong, wouldn't it? Well, it would be. Especially if the Unterwald doesn't exist anymore. <laughs> they split it into two cancels. Yeah. <laughs> You're going to test me. Yeah, I'll get the last word in <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I don't know the names of the guys who, who came. Yeah. But it was, um, it's really, but that was one of my questions. So yeah. he asked me, so that thing, that process has got three different, this is a massive digression, listener, sorry. But that thing has got three different um, things. So, you know, it was like the meeting the sermon of Grootley and then there was a pact of Grootley and yeah. something else and yeah. the, the actual document lives in a museum in Luzerne or something have you read the book Swiss Waiting Swiss Heart Waiting it's called is it yeah Guy, I can't remember who wrote it I've read one called Swiss Watching Swiss Watching <laughs> is that the one yeah. Okay. So, seriously, uh, I can't remember. Yeah, what's his name? Nick uh, Dicon Dicon, that's a, yeah, it's yeah, yeah, it's a really good book, book, isn't it? Yeah, it's really fun. There's some really like niche bits in that, but it's, it's I don't know. I love it here. I really love yeah, it here. Yeah. I love everything about it. hope you enjoyed the first half of this chat that I had with Toby these um, these in-person interviews are um, they always have that sort of little extra bit of interaction that you get from a kind of human face-to-face interaction and, and that's something that I think is sadly uh, sadly lacking in modern life um, with the amount of you know zoom chats and stuff that I've been on certainly um, before the winter and, and, and indeed you know now for, for, for business point of view and I, I think a lot of the kind of the nuance of the conversation is missed um, from time to time you know when when we're doing stuff online so um, so yeah you can really hear the, the the fun that we had coming across in in this interview um, I got some correspondence so we are here episode 31 people are starting to write to me so um, I've got a couple of hellos to say first so one um, Jamie Stevens wrote to me hi Jamie um, and I I've had a lovely chat with Jamie and he was talking about you know being out here in Switzerland setting up a ski school here and stuff like that so I've had a lovely lovely chats with him um, and hopefully he's going to make it out here once uh, the COVID, COVID stuff dies down in the UK and gets on you know gets back on track towards his ambitions so uh, so hi Jamie to you um, hello to um, random Spanish guy that I met in a ski lift in Verbier in December um, didn't catch your name um, I saw you there, wait at Lac de Vaux, going round and round with me, and uh, it was a pleasure to meet you and a pleasure to uh, chat with you and hear your story about how you managed to um, how you managed to get here from Madrid and and your epic journey back on the train. So um, yeah, nice to meet you too. And then I got an email from a guy called Max Dixon. Now Max rides. It's a professional like motorbike racer, right? So this was this was super interesting to me, and um, he sent me a long and really really interesting um, uh, email, which uh, which I loved, and we sent some stuff backwards and forwards. But um, one of the things that he wrote in this email, I'm just going to quote it. Okay, so um, he said, "Back to the original point. Before I went off on a tangent, but one that I thought might be of interest to you, as you have seen similar things." When you make the transition on skis, I find it has a very similar feeling to the change of direction on a motorbike. I think it's because although most people don't realize it, when you ride a bike, you are using a lot of lower body muscles and you're actually putting a lot of pressure through the pegs to assist in changing direction as well as counter steering on the bars. And the faster you are going, the more work they do due to the gyroscopic effect, as well as the fact that 
as with ski uh, as with skis the bike will go from leaning on the left to leaning on the right and vice versa but obviously pass through the vertical in the process whilst you transfer while you the rider transfer your weight up and across the seat and then back down on the other side um, which isn't a million miles away from a skiing movement um, he goes on to say another factor that I find is that both the skiing and motorcycling are totally individual. You can both ride and ski with other people, but actually doing the activity, you're in your own headspace and going off your own intrinsic feeling for skis and the bike. And yeah, Max absolutely nails exactly what I've been sort of rattling on about for the last 31 podcasts. That the, the, the transition feeling between motorbiking and skiing is 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 incredibly similar in terms of a feeling for me. Um, and I found that that really really interesting to receive that so so thanks very much max i appreciate you sending that and taking the time to get in touch with me um part two of the podcast uh carries on there's a lot of brexit and covid chat in this one it's um it's quite heavy on on this in the second half um it's not negative doom and gloom it's just about us talking about you know how we're going to try and find a way through this uh this season which seems to be playing out but you know you never know where we're going to go at the moment the um the trying to work around the rules to do with COVID at the moment as a ski school director is just like trying to nail down jelly it changes from week to week one week we're worrying about the R number the next thing we're worrying about different strains of COVID from different countries it, it never ends so um, so yeah you know, let's, uh, my, my view at the moment is we just keep on going until someone says to me that I can't keep going and then, uh, and then we'll go from there we last finished up um, in this chat with uh, with a bit of talk about teaching styles within the ski school and, and, and people from different backgrounds of formation and how you make a team. So um, enjoy the second half of this. Uh, I've got a couple of really good interviews lined up. I'm, I'm off to Zermatt soon enough to uh, to interview um, Federico Cellini, who's chairman of um, IAZ uh, now, and uh, I'm just setting up the one up after that. So uh, enjoy this, and I will catch you on the next one. Um, which brings me on to, to my next topic, Brexit. Oh, yeah. How's that? How's that for business? Um, or is it, what's affecting you more at the moment? Is it COVID or Brexit? I, mean, I don't even know anymore. Yeah. I mean, no I think any one of these problems hits a company, it's, it's hard as it is, just one of them happening. Having it all happening at once, you know, with all the things happening with, even with Bayesley in terms of like the, you know, we'll we won't get into that. that. But, you know, and actually, you know, I want it to fit. I want that to work, right? It's important yeah. that we get our association, well, the British association, back to to to, to full strength. But um, I think what uh, COVID is a problem for sure, big problem for us at the moment. So it's more, but well, I think yeah. Brexit. You see Brexit. The Brexit has affected us behind the scenes. So probably listening, you won't see this if you you know you're you're coming as a regular customer. But behind the scenes, if you've had anywhere near the, the difficulties that I've had with regards to getting the permits for your instructors to be here this season if they're British that's been a right pain well do you know what they were, they were, they were pretty clear on what we had to do we had to get them in by the 4th of December mm. um, otherwise they couldn't guarantee they were going to do it which yeah. is fine it's pretty easy this season to do that because I was actually trying to reduce the numbers of instructors we had anyway mm. for, for this season yeah me too right? yeah. well I mean like we've you know I tried to we've got a good loyal bunch they're all good mates as well and, and you know we 
I, have to, I guarantee them work, which is an unusual situation today. Um, but there's the only way I can, you know, I have a responsibility, you know, I have a duty of care for the guys and I want to make sure they earn enough money to, to, to have a good season and have some savings, right? It costs a lot um, to live here so, too, so, it? Yeah, exactly. So yeah. there is a, yeah, I take it serious, very seriously to get it right. Hmm. Um, so that wasn't so much of a problem this season. Um, they've just said that you can um, uh, do the announce, you know, the 90-day mm. thing. You can, do that, you can do that in January now. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They've just changed the rules. Oh, so. I've learned something today. Brilliant. So that's good. So you can because up to this point, you, it's been you have to do the announcement. It has to be done by thirty first. Otherwise, they've extended it. Oh sweet. But they've also said the minor gap thing that happened. Do you remember last yeah, year? Yeah, that's now come into effect for January. I think that's what they're planning. So it's okay. three thousand five hundred permits in total for the country, of which one thousand four hundred are ours. Yes. Which does that the, the short term like, announces come into that? No. Separate. Okay, well, that's an L permit, an L permit. Because you run quite a long season here. Yeah. You're a, a longer. Presumably, your guys. Are, so this is so technical. I don't know if this is not going to be interesting to anyone. Probably think, not. But the, the, <laughs> there are two different types of L permits, isn't there? So there's a short term announce, which technically, technically is not, not an L. It's just like a, uh, you know, you're here for a bit, and then there's a full on L, like ninety day L, yeah. and then a longer L. Yeah, yeah, sort of thing. And presumably because you run a long season here, your guys are on sort of that Most that of them are else, but they, you know, if I have someone start the beginning of Jan or now, 90 days would probably suffice for the yeah. period that they need to work, okay. basically, unless we have a massive Easter, which could happen this year. Could do. But Easter tends to be quite quiet here now, hmm. which is sad. Um, but it's no, it hasn't really hit us hard. Is it going to hit us hard? I don't know. I don't think so, because I still think people will come here. Hmm. I still think that you will... Um, our, our, although a lot of our clients are Anglophones and not all from UK mm. that's for sure they're from everywhere yeah. um, so especially with the hotels so we get yeah. everything there yeah. we're getting a lot more French so I need to look at how we how we, how we sort of service that long term with the instructors because a lot of English instructors for us but yeah. we still have eight, I think we have about 10 or 15 that speak French okay so it's a reasonable amount yeah but you know yeah I don't think I'm not too worried hmm. I think people will still come. Yeah, for this sure. This is the thing, right? It's not, we're not going away. No. You know, the, the, the biggest issue I think is with, at the moment, so this season, Brexit is going to, it'll play itself out, like however it's going to play itself out, is, is my view. And, and I think it's been handled badly. I think it's been handled incompetently, mm. but it will it'll be whatever it is. And something's got to give in that Well, there's a, there is a process. special relationship between Switzerland and the UK. Yes. And so they, they've already made, you know, They've already made their trade their cat their, their cars in terms of what they want to do for the yeah. planet. And I think everyone, certainly when someone came up to me and said, oh, there's only 1,400 permits. I'm like, well, think about it. There's really short-term seasonal permits. Mm. Where, where are they in Switzerland? Yeah. They're not in cities. No. They're in resorts, really. And which resorts actually have a lot of bricks in them? Well, there's not that many either, no, really. It's so actually, yeah. it's not probably that much of a problem. No. No, no, no. I'm with you on that. I'm with you on that. Um, yeah, I think the issue, the biggest issue that's stopping, so hopefully this won't date very badly, but the biggest issue is that when people ha- you know, return from their holidays to the UK or wherever it is they're going back to, they're going to have to stay at home. I think it's five days now. Yeah. Five days plus a test. And before it was 14 days plus a test. 14 days, no, 14 days with a no test. But that... That's too much. Like, that's too disruptive it to people's lives. It is. I think uh, it is if you've got kids. Yeah. 
I think that I, I actually met a, a guy, in, a, a, a lady in the W today, hmm. um, and she was. Um, I said, "Where are you from?" She said, "Oh, we're, we're in the UK." And I said, "Well, are you doing the five days?" Yeah, well, it's fine. We'll work from home. Yeah. Um, and actually, we've had quite an interesting request from corporates as well because they they will come here. There's no if they go to a hotel. There's no huge restrictions in terms of how many people you can have in there. Mm-hmm. So it's not like chalets where you can only have ten. Yeah. Hotels you can have, you yeah. fill them. Yeah. So you could have a big corporate, you could have a company come out here, do their usual corporate trip, and do their seminars, or whatever they have to do. Eat in a hotel and they're going to, yeah, they're yeah. going to eat, they're going to have ski with us, and then they're going to come back, and then they're going to work from home for five days. Yeah, that's no big deal because that's Not what they're doing problem. already, isn't so, it? So yeah. yeah, I think our kids, our sort of family market is destroyed. Yeah. It's, yeah, Pretty much. it's very complicated so to come here what, if you've got a family. What we've got on the books now for next week and the week after. Christmas New Year are basically people from Belgium yeah. and um, some UK but not many um, people that can drive here basically yeah and I guess loads of families from Geneva Zurich yeah. and you know, expats which is fine and we've got a, we've everyone will be working so I'm pretty chuffed about that and that's 23 plus 23 performance and 8 mm. per extreme that's quite a lot of people well that that kind of reflects our own picture of bookings yeah and um, th- this season, well, maybe we'll come to this, but this season, uh, we're busier than ever over this period. You know, like, well, well, uh, I mean, oh, oh, it's, oh, sorry, that's the wrong to say. No, no, busier no, than you might well be. In a, in, a, in, a, in a period of like four or five years since I started the ski school, this will be our busiest period in this period yeah. that we've ever had. And I, or I reduced the team by a couple, but mm. still everyone's working. Right? There is a demand that people want to go skiing. You, you cannot, lock people in their house for no, six months no. on end nine months is bloody now because it's yeah, this March yeah. and expect there not to be some sort of response where people want to get outside and go and do something sure. you know and that seems to be alright we're not going to get the scared people for sure because they're going to stay at home you and they're going to do that. their <laughs> one of my Dutch instructors had a um, client who is so concerned about Covid but still went still came skiing yeah yeah. And that seems to be reoccurring. There's a lot of really? clients who are coming and they're just saying, like, oh, we need to make sure we follow all the rules. I'm like, absolutely. They've oh, got yeah. Everybody wear a mask. Wear a mask at all times. That's absolutely fine. Yeah. They didn't want to have lunch with the instructor. That's fine. Yeah. You know, th- that's the thing. Um, you know, and talking to all the staff over the summer, you know, I had to talk to every single person and make for an hour each. It's quite a lot of, quite yeah, a lot of hours yeah, of chat. Yeah, of and it was like, you know, do you understand what we're going to have to do? And, and they're like, yeah. For sure, and we're going to make it happen, and yeah. we're going to be be flexible, follow the rules, yeah. and you know. So there's kind of it's interesting because I think you know if you look at next season, if we we will survive this, it's not even that I'm not even going to. It's not an option not to. Um, uh, yeah, I'm less worried about that. Yeah, you know, next season, if God willing, we're back to a reasonable normal. Um, mm. it, you know, the guys are going to have this kind of like fire in their belly because they've had you know they've seen how bad it can possibly yeah. be. Yeah, we've learned how we can sort of deal with the hardships and then mm. you know that that's going to make people it's going to be stronger for sure yeah yeah um, the general feeling and i've got a team meeting in a minute actually the general feeling generally with the with the, with the guys is just positivity and mm. strength towards you know getting getting as much work as they can it's great i like that yeah i'm because I'm all... i came into the season pretty depressed if i'm honest and uh they've, yeah. they've dragged me out of it a little bit which is nice what what changed it for me was that there was a 
one of the federal council meetings, I can't remember which one, but there was one where everyone was expecting them to just put the hammer down on people, mm -hmm. and that was that. And they went in completely the opposite direction. Mm -hmm. And at that point, I was like, right, okay, I, I'm seeing what I think I see, is I'm saying that Switzerland is just going to try and go in a slightly different direction to the rest of Europe. We're going to just get on with our lives and try as best we can to manage what's going on at the hospitals, which I think is pragmatic mm -hmm. and that would be that would be the swiss way of doing things you know this sort of programmatic pragmatic way of doing things and after that i was like extremely positive i was like okay well cool let's let's just get on with it then i don't want to hear any negative talk from anyone you know stop listening to the the media until you know every now and then i will but you know let's just try and get on with business and just see if we can all be positive and get through the season without it being interrupted any any way, shape or form. Yeah. And that has been backed up in my little, you know, if you watch the local news here, oh, sorry, listen to the local kind of politicians and stuff here. I think um, Darbalay in Valais has been really, really yeah. good about this yeah. because he's, he's pointing out the obvious double standards about skiing that you, you, you can, if you shut down the ski stations, you absolutely cannot have open down towards Geneva the shopping centres or no. the train stations or any of that stuff because it's the same. I mean, you have to look at Oxford Street. Apparently, it's just a disaster. And yeah. you know, and then someone's wondering about having ninety people in a in a cable car. Look, I get it. Yeah, yeah. But um, yeah, it's it is what it is. If you, if you, you know, someone was saying you know you need to reduce the amount of people in the in the resort. You know, you can't. I think the way they're doing the two thirds rule in terms of if you can only have two thirds of the amount, the capacity into the lift, mm. is it going to make a difference? No, not really sure. What's the point? All it does is it moves the, the problem outside. It does a bit, seen, but it's, right? it's a level of appeasement that needs to be yeah. done to, to, to see that there's, you know, um, something's been done. Mm. And I think if France would open, it would be the same, I'm sure. Well, but yeah. we've got to say that we're lucky that we're. That we are open. We can do it. I do feel sorry, I have to say, for our French colleagues. Yeah. Um, and Italian, I guess, and, and Austrian, and wherever you know, all these guys that are, that, are, that are having their businesses decimated. I think that's that's piss poor, and I'm really annoyed about that. And also, it puts you know, like I say, the obvious double standards just don't apply. You know, ski in, in France, especially Christmas skiing, is quite a big thing. You know, yeah. it's quite cultural. Be the same, you know, Italy and Austria as well. You know, people come and spend some time with their family. They get out, get some exercise. You know, instead they're the and and then you look at the impacts on the businesses. I mentioned this on the podcast before. I've got friends who just got nothing. Like, there's nothing yeah. in the diary. Entire seasons income lost, and a lot of the people that that work over there they rely on winter to get them through the summer. Yeah, you know, I have no idea how the the authorities think that the mountain communities work. It's, it, it drives me bananas. I just don't think it, I don't think they do. Sadly, I think I mean, they do. It's, I think it's too, it, too, too many down. markets to deal with, and too many industry, too many sort of industries to deal with. I guess skiing seems to be or, or snow sports is quite on on the bottom of the list. One mm. might say it's a certain extent, but I think. Uh, yeah, I mean, you talk about diaries. I'm looking at January. There's not much there. No. So no. there is kind of it's going to be it's going to be you know last minute at best. Hmm. Um, so now I was speaking to our mutual friend Julian the other day, and he was saying to me that um, the Gap course has come back into uh, come back into to fashion, and I've seen it in my own eyes this week. That there are millions of Gappy's up here doing yeah. a gap thing, yeah. which like uh, apparently has been on the decline for a number of years. But all of a sudden, I'm guessing because there's nothing going on in France, the traditional chalet boy and girl route and is Austria all dying is of death. Obviously, one of the the up and coming gap 
sort of areas as well. Yeah, yeah. A lot of them have moved here. Yeah. Um, I'm gutted I'm not involved in gambling. <laughs> I was going to say, yeah. Um, you no, can't they, see they, it in this Toby's crying. Right? There is some <laughs> struggles with that now because obviously the five rule means that the big groups are now split to two. Yeah. You have to have two. Either, you either have to sort of split the the days up or something or add another trainer and then they obviously your margins are affected yeah yeah so yeah I think it's hard it, you know every day something changes every day we have to adapt it's an interesting mm. um, scenario to be in and I think you know we talk all the ski schools here talk a lot yeah we'll have slightly different views on things um, and I think there's a, obviously there is a, a feeling that there's quite a lot of politics and toxic feeling between schools um, I I I don't agree with that 100%. Uh, mm. We work with a lot of schools together, certainly with our hotels. Because we have hotels, we can't always service all the all the clients. So we, 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 we outsource a lot of work to other schools, mm-hmm. which is a nice thing to do. Like, it works. And we actually yeah, have an agreement, and yeah. it's an unusual position to be in. But I like it. And, and it's like, what well, I think Lynn was on the podcast once, Lynn Mill. Mm. And she was saying that in... I think she's in Val. She's saying that there's a lot of a very community, community feel mm. between the independents and stuff. Yeah, yeah. And I think it's really important now more than ever that mm. we can work together and try to sort of distribute work a little bit to people. I think that um, is one thing that is going to be extremely important this season and I hope it doesn't go the other way because in a time like this, it has an opportunity to go both ways. Yeah, yeah. It has, you know, the work, there is the working together route, but the other route, which I'm expecting to see a little bit of... Um, Let's take everything for yourself. Well, yeah, from the smaller-minded people, or will be, you know, oh, you guys aren't doing it right, or, or you know, denouncing other people. Like I, I can see that situation coming up in certain places as well, and I hope it goes the other way. I hope it's kind of like we're all working towards a common objective, yeah. which is let's get through the season, and then we all come back better next year. Yeah. You know, but I, I really hope, and I really, really. This is my plea to everybody. Let's not go down the route of where we're all trying to protect our little slice of the pie because it, it, it shouldn't work like that and it just can't work like that in this environment. But, you know, there are people with that kind of mindset kicking around. I think everyone's got a level of that in their head anyway. Oh, I don't know. I, I haven't. I'm completely... Uh, yeah, sure. I, completely <laughs> <know>. <laughs> I think... I think <laughs> Yeah, the utopian ski resort doesn't exist. Absolutely, I, I yeah. I've got little, like, dolls um, like sticking when, pins in. When we, when we started with the W, which is obviously a big hotel, mm. and we've got some, we've actually got, in the ski room, we've got someone who works for us in the ski room that does all, helps with the skis and all that sort mm. of stuff. And so, you know, they've saved on the resource as a hotel because mm. we put someone in there mm. seven days a week. But they do all the bookings for the ski school. We have, we run everything. We run it, we call it the Mountain Concierge, so they've run all the concierge for the whole of 120, 126 bed hotel. Yeah. Um, but like I said, we can all we can't always do it. We can't always do all the work, especially yeah. in the peak periods. So, you know, we went to every ski school and said, like, who wants to work with us? And yeah, we got some people saying, no, why would I help you sort of build your business? And then we said some others saying, yeah, well, I mean, Christ, I'm not going to say no to work. Yeah. Um, and those relationships have got better and better and more more um, sort of close. And, mm. and you know. It, I like that idea, but but I can see why people sort of go, well, why would I work with you? Because yeah. why would I want to make you bigger than bigger than us or make more money or whatever? I don't know. It's difficult. You know, I think that's. I can see that. I can definitely f- f- see that. I see their argument, but I think in this kind of environment, it's about trying to drag as many people as we can up here, right? Yeah, yeah. You know, in in 
in COVID times. So yeah. Later on, yeah. I think it's a luxury thing to be able to thinking about is about how well someone else is doing. Sure. You know? And I think there's this kind of strange obsession with how big your ski school is or, you know, especially in Verbier, oh, there's 13 ski schools. You know, it's outrageous. Yeah. Some of the ski schools are two people big. You know, it's not like they're, yeah, they're yeah. fundamentally two independent instructors that have a brand. Yeah. Um, I, I welcome it. I think it's fine. They should be, you know, it's definitely made this resort more competitive and, um, and actually driven the quality up for mm. sure by having more you know people coming and going oh I've got an idea let's try this and they're saying oh Christ they're doing really well let's, we need to up our game a bit yeah, yeah. try and do this and yeah. um, and, and, and you know that, that sort of I'm sure there's an economical term for it economics term for it but it just drives the quality yeah um, yeah and everyone wins from that I think including so. the client like for yeah, sure I think so but I think try a, a bit of collaboration is a good thing hmm. I've been um, do, I've been doing a little bit you know, early season has been difficult to. You know, my guys aren't already here, and I've been working with a couple of independents here and there. Um, I've had Phil over from Aosta and, yeah. and uh, I've worked with Charlotte a little bit. Mm-hmm. And it's it's just been lovely actually. It's, it's di- like a different. It's nice to see someone with a different approach. Yeah, yeah. From what for what sure you're, you're doing. It's like, oh, cool. Well, they never seen anyone do that before. Yeah, fine. You know that works really well for me. Um, you know, you're robbing ideas of other people. It's great. Yeah, and I had a couple of guys who moved. Well, certainly one of the guys from my team. Mm. Not to mention it, because he'll listen. <laughs> he decided to go back to another school because he had a gap opportunity, and mm. you know he was, you know, approached me and he was really upset. And I said, I don't, mate. It's, it's mm. you've got to do what's good for you. I'm not, you know, it's yeah. not a problem. Go for it. I'm good. You know, you're guaranteed work. I can't guarantee you anything this season, and that's I've never done that before. I've never been able to say to the team, sorry guys, it's not, yeah, a number that I can give you three fifty hours, four hundred hours. It's 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 it is take what you get. Yeah. Um, Please, please go to a, if you get a gap opportunity or something if you're at that level yeah. take it and you know you're always welcome back if you want to come back I had Maybe. that exact same chat with my guys I gave them a, a chat this is when it was it was feeling pretty dark like in November yeah. early November and I had a chat with everyone so look there were no guarantees this season all bets are off but do you know what like it, actually it's, turn, it's turning already better than turning out better than they thought for sure so, and actually feeling up the mountain like we said <clears throat> you know when you were talking about I think it was Alan Bursay, who's our who's our health minister. Yeah, he's doing the, he does all the announcements every week. Mm. He was saying, you know, we want people to go skiing because it's they need to get fresh air. You need to feel. Yeah. And he and he said, when you're up there, it's all the stuff around skiing that's affected: restaurants, yeah. masks, that sort of thing. Yeah. When you're actually out there skiing, it's the same as normal, isn't yeah, it? Yeah. You know, it's not like no, it feels changed. different when yeah. you're doing it. So you know, it's a. It's great that clients see that and want to come out and do it because it's not it's not as if it's an oppressive feeling when you're out, up there. It's not so much. No, and I think with less overseas tourists, also, I think there's going to be less of those kind of you know the the, the accidents that they're worried about on the mm. piste. Uh, I think there's going to be less of those, yeah. and that's what they're concerned about the most. I think is like you know skiing is bad equals you know pressure on the ICUs because or you know pressure on fixing broken legs and arms and whatnot like that I don't think there's going to be as much as that because it's just there isn't going to be as many overseas tourists sure. here I, I think coming That that's my reading of the situation anyway but we shall see can I I know you're under pressure for time because you've got to get back up but can I ask you one last thing about how you I'm curious about how you manage the skiing and teaching styles within your school Powder Extreme will leave over there because yeah. um, I imagine they have 
a certain degree of independence but within performance yeah do you have a uniform way that you want them to teach and be and ski or like how how is how does that work out uh good question um not really because I'll put my I mean, cards not, on the I'm table. Not, Mine is is free form. So yeah, I mean, I know that you when we, you talk. I, I think you talked to you, you. You are now spending. Apparently, you're saying that you're spending more time doing a bit of quality control. Um, yeah, well, mean, that I, was the lofty goal. But the, these days, this year, it's not going to be that. It's going to no. be on mountain. But but I I believe in the, the the melting pot of ideas. I've tried it quite a lot. We you know we have these formation weeks. Uh, training weeks at the beginning we're not doing it this year I'm not, not, I'm not doing it now. no you can't, you can't. Yeah. I haven't seen half, I haven't seen many of the guys anyway so it's yeah. all been done pretty much like by trust yeah um, which is <laughs> going back to the whole point I think I trust the guys yeah. explicitly that they're doing their job correctly mm-hmm. um, it's a strange com- you'll, you'll understand it's a strange business to be in because you're not around them a lot it's not like you go to an office together and you can see what they're yeah, doing yeah. Um, I don't know what they're doing a lot of the time I, I'm assuming they're all turning up on time and doing a good job um, no I mean when I've ski- because our team comes from so many different backgrounds in terms of what the um, associations mm. you know Kiwis lots of Canadians lots of Basie Swiss um, we've got a German level I don't even know what the German levels are mm. we had a Czech until recently you know so there are I, I'm I'm happy for them to, to do whatever. I think we did at the beginning we did have a couple of days where we all got together and just sort of brainstormed a bit ideas. Mm. Um and that was really interesting to see how people approach certain different uh, certain ways of teaching or certain um goal related things or whatever whatever it might be. Um but the reality is, you know, out of the season, how much teaching do we actually do in terms of a percentage? It's hard to say, but it's not less. It's probably 50 percent. Mm. The rest is mostly guiding. Yeah. And so it isn't we get these ones. I mean, and they're my pet hates, which are basically, um, you know, I can we just ski around a little bit and get some tips? Mm. I mean, it's, yeah. it's, do you want a bit of nothing really? You do that, don't you? <laughs> It's hard to do. You get, it is hard, yeah. Without sitting down and sort of yeah. semi deconstructing yeah. something, it's quite hard. Could you just yeah. give me some tips or just don't move your arm that way or whatever? It doesn't always work. No. So I try to avoid that. And I, I guess what I the most what I push through to the guys more than anything else, and it's something that um, I think every instructor, quite a lot of instructors, forget to do, and that is just find out early doors what they want. Yes. Um, and you know. Um, that's come up in your podcast many a times. I it think. can get lost that because you it, go with like a pre hundred percent preconceived idea. Sometimes. And so when we did a formation week, I sort of said to some of the new guys, you know, what's the first thing you do? They're like, oh well, you know, um, just watch them ski, see how they ski, and then I look at how to change it. I'm like, yeah. before that, yeah. I'll introduce myself. Okay, after that, there's nothing <laughs> in between that I'm looking fishing for here. What yeah. is that? And then eventually, I go, well, just you know, get a good un- indica- understanding by saying, what do you want to do? Mm. And quite often they come back going, I don't know, really. Yeah. So that's when you... Why are you here? You have a, well, a little bit. They used to, you know, they might have, you know, we get quite a lot of that, bizarrely, you know. Yeah. Oh, I don't know, just, um, yeah, show me around a bit. Okay, cool, well, let's do that. And that's suddenly you're fine. Or you might get, you know, oh, just, do you know what, I just want to find somewhere where we can just, where there's no one around and just have a great day skiing. Just yeah. show me around and then maybe just find someone nice to eat or whatever, you know, that sort of thing. Um, simple things. Um Simple things to do, simple things to 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 to, to um, 
do to the client. But then you might get something, for example, actually, I really want to become a better skier, mm. see all the four valleys, um, go paragliding, da, 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 and you're like, oh, hold on a minute, mate, I can't do that. <laughs> <laughs> and that's when it gets hard. You've got, you know, you might have yeah. some requirements that are just a little bit over the top, and you just got to manage that. And actually, also, that's quite difficult. But if you haven't asked that question first, how are you gonna? Yeah. And I've had it in the past when someone's. I've had some feedback from a client going, "Look, I, I don't know what we did today mm. because that person hadn't really said. Had just just assumed all they wanted to do was follow them. Yes. You know, error. Suddenly, you're. Yeah. I'm, I'm going. Okay. Well, I'm. Free. Of course, you can have your money back. You're like, yeah. You know, you didn't get what you want. Yeah. But a simple thing forgotten just didn't ask what, what, what they wanted to do. Yeah. So for me, that is, you know, I think how people teach, you know, they've done, you have to trust them, they've done the level. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't look too far into, I do want them to all to do some sort of CP, you know, if they're all doing that, they have mm. to keep the license valid anyway. So yeah, they're yeah. getting the continual progression. But, you know, Minimum ISA for us most of the time, anyway. So they're at a high, high-ish level, anyway, in terms of. We're you know, doing that, so I recruit now on that basis as well, because well, there are so many ISAs around, because the, because of the rise of the level three gap or level four sure. gap. Back in the day, they weren't. No, and actually, when we started, there weren't that many at all. It was really hard to get a hold of them, mm. and it's interesting that um, one of the reasons why we did we did performance was because I was getting really quite surprised at how the quality was terrible in some schools where mm. that um, you know too many gap, gappies were involved and mm. and I think that sort of caused clients to go well what am I paying 500 francs for this guy's so hungover he can hardly even walk you know, mm. and, and, you know ski, yeah. and that's it yeah. and then so suddenly I say and then when you recruit it's like you've got an ISA are you a nice person that's the bit I'm interested in yeah. you know you good lad can you do this job yeah well then you've got the full package for me mm. you know your, how you teach has been trained by you by the by the association so I'm, yeah. I'm cool with that that's yeah I'm the same like my, my key criteria I'm sure I've mentioned this so all I do is repeat myself in the podcast but the the I'm interested in whether you as a ski instructor bear this in mind if you're writing to me I'm interested if you can engage me in a conversation and I will ring you up on video and if you're not interesting, then we're not gonna we're not gonna make it past no, the thing. Yeah, if you you know, it's pretty similar. Actually. It's um, it's we you probably I would imagine you get as many CVs as as I do, and often they're not very well put together, and often you know someone hasn't even bothered to do the whole blind copy thing, so you can see that they've been oh, spammed yeah, to every ski school, whatever. Classic ones they are. Yeah, I'm really interested in your ski school because it's yeah. interesting to me. Well, when they, so, they yeah. put stars and they left the stars in because they hadn't deleted the stars, <laughs> putting a name in the, the, that's another one that I love. Yeah, and so, um, yeah, and there seems to be a massive glut of snowboard instructors as well. Yeah. That's the other thing. I know, and I Lots think... Lots of snowboard instructors, but think, there's no work for you got, guys. I'm we've sorry. got... Rob, who runs Vivid, which is under the same brand, well, it's another brand of ours, I suppose. I mean, oh, yeah. He, he, runs it, he runs it independently. I don't get involved in it at all. He's sort of using the license again, sort of thing. Yeah. Um, and they do that. They do pretty well, but they, you know, it's a, it's a small sport, really. But mm. I think, no, I'm all the same. Like, you just, as long as they're personable people, they get on there nice and, mm. and, and we're happy with it. Like, um, I think as soon as I, I get quite a lot of CVs where I used to laugh, but, you know, if anyone's had got a degree, I'd throw it in the bin. Yeah. Because that only lasts one season. Yeah, and actually, that's you know, interesting. You know, because I haven't got a degree, so I thought you know, quite a, it's it's those sort of, you know, I'm not saying you can't be academic in this game. <laughs> I think I think it it lends itself sport. These sort of sports lend it to people who are less, are more, 
are more sort of vocational than they are academic. I think. Mm-hmm. I think it'd be. I, I strongly a agree with you. Horrible black and con- statement, but oh, we're um, big fans of sweeping sweeping generalizations. Totally, and I think you know, <laughs> our, we there's nothing good about having a high turnover of instructors. So yeah, how do you keep the guys sticking around and, and motivated to do their job? Mm. Um, I think we do all right. I think a lot of it's to do with the fact that you know the pay is reasonable and mm. we guarantee some sort of stability for them. Yeah, and that way they you know they go okay cool I can pay my rent I can get that done I can do yeah. this, yeah. and the other thing is to <laughs> treat them like adults. Mm. You know I don't expect anyone to. There's no sort of accountability. Mm. Let's just get on with it. I'm going to do it well. Well, that's fine. You know. Yeah, yeah. Um, so and mm. it's fun and, and we're a good. It's a nice team. Yeah. Like your team, probably you're all good friends, and you get on. Yeah, you know, trying to build a team is one of the hardest things, isn't it? Like you know, in terms of yeah, you 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 can recruit good people, but you don't know until they get here how they're going to mesh. I mean, no, probably your not. team it sounds like it's a bit more established, but I mean, most of mine mesh around around some drinking of some sort, mm. um, which I know is not your forte, but no, I think it's not, I yeah. think um, it used to be. It, no, but it's like you know, the social aspect's important, mm. and I advocate it quite quite heavily, and. Um, Within reason, mm. um, but you know it, that social environment. That's why this year is different and hard yeah. and yeah. confusing for people because we, we don't have any of that. But it proves to me that we don't necessarily need it either, and it's quite good. Yeah. Um, but you know we do have we yeah. do like the socials and we do like hanging out with each other. And, yeah. Um, and I like hanging out with them as well, which is a, it's a dangerous mix sometimes. <laughs> in, ter- in terms of like you know getting too close to. Yes. A bit of distance is good sometimes, but I, I'm not really good at that. I've got, we had this last year, this is, uh, he won't mind me mentioning, but Matt, Matt, one of one of the guys has been with me since the start. He, he Starts knows. how long though? Oh, you? I've known him. No, but how long have you been around for? We, it's about, I think this is year four or five, I can't remember. Oh, really? For the ski school. It's not very long. But he's noticed now that he's reached a certain age level where the kind of the youngsters are regarding him as one of the old guys oh, don't. and he notices the difference and so I don't really go to the bar much with the guys because one I don't drink but two I think there should be that separation between you know when you're the boss like yeah, so you know, I don't do that you're the boss right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah but he's noticed that he's sort of slipped into the older age category so the youngsters kind of really you know they, they look at him as one of the, <laughs> the old guys he's a nightmare yeah, he's only like, like well, it's worse for me because I'm still the old guy but they still quite like going yeah, yeah. to me but it's well, that's good for you well it, it, it is a dangerous game to play yeah because sometimes it backfires and uh, you're trying to be like one of the guys you're sort of that David Brent character yeah, exactly, I think I'm exactly <laughs> that the embarrassing guy we had a we had a uh, pre-season party where we had a fondue uh, no, it was a raclette in a brewery. We had a piss up oh, in a wow. brewery, literally, literally. Uh, in Martigny. A friend of mine who's oh, gone amazing. outside of Gareth, who, who ran, um, who, who um, brewed beer here for called Alias. Oh wow! And um, so we went to his brewery, and I surprised everyone. We, well, I didn't, I didn't say about the food, so we just, so we just went down and had drinks, and everyone was just brilliant. Piss up in a brewery, it's yeah. Funny, playing pool and stuff, and then we went to the other part of the brewery, and there was a full-on raclette. Oh, guys, oh, cool. it was awesome, and then we we got a band in. Yeah. Um, and then I did the David Brent special and started dancing. Oh, and no. You, you mate, what was I doing? And then it was all on video. And then they were posting it everywhere. Oh. So the day, it's a dangerous game. It so, is. And, yeah. I, and I generally make a tit of it. <laughs> but, but well, look, as long as you're aware of it, that's amazing. <laughs> I don't really care to be How can um, aspiring ski instructors, no, no, uh, you no, know, snowboard instructors, <laughs> yeah. get, get in touch with you? No, how can, um, if people want to get in touch with you for whatever reason, uh, give yourself a free plug. So, what would you? Um, where, where can people find you or yeah, your ski school, uh, schools. 
uh, performanceverbier.com is a website for performance. Powder-extreme.com is powder extreme. Um, I'm on Toby at performanceverbier.com. Um, yeah, well, by all means. I mean, we're, I'm recruiting French speakers. So anyone who speaks French, I mean, not for this I'll season. My so hand much, up. But, um, <laughs> no, by, by all means, it's, you know, for sure, it would be good to talk to people. And, mm. um, yeah, we do get a lot of CVs, but it's not, it's not, it's not masses. Mm. Um, and um, we look through them all and we try to see if they're the right people for the job, for sure. And people should definitely come ski with your ski school and for the off-piste element. Yeah, and and go ski with the ski school that has got the coolest name in the house. (laughs) Love it. Thanks, Dave. Thank you. (laughs)